Today on the news and why it matters, uh, the Oscars, also a tale of two Democrats on abortion, and Joe Biden mocks the idea of guns as a defense against the government. We've got a lot coming up on this Monday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today joined by the one and only cowboy here in the studio, Chad Prather of the Chad Prather Show. I'm not a cowboy anymore. I gave it up. Yeah. I'm a, no, nope, not what? at all. But you're wearing the hat. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's weirdo. It, just the hat. Uh, we have got author of the MAGA Doctrine, Charlie Kirk, in the house. If I, if I said all of your titles, I think we'd be here for five oh, minutes. Thank you. That's but right. the most recent <laughs> and the, the book the that everyone, yeah. yes, everyone needs to pick up, the MAGA Doctrine. Thank you. Do you say MAGA or MAGA? Well, that, that's a whole different, is it magazine <laughs> or MAGA? I got in this whole conversation. Right? <laughs> I, 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 it depends on the day. Okay. All right. I won't hold I, you I'm to. I'm usually a MAGA person. Okay. All right. The MAGA Doctrine. By Charlie Kirk. Go pick it up wherever books are sold. And also Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program in the house. All right. Got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Books. So Valentine's Day, obviously around the corner. Gentlemen, don't forget, it's Friday. Uh, just as a little reminder, we know. We women know you guys need reminders every once in a while. Well, Books has you covered for that. That is B-O-U-Q-S as in bouquets of flowers. Uh, they have beautiful farm fresh flowers for next or same day delivery. Uh, order today and get 25% off of your entire purchase. All you got to do is go to books.com slash blaze. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash blaze for 25% off with the code blaze. Um, I bought some for my mom not too long ago and they she sent me pictures. They were gorgeous and they they stayed gorgeous for like, I, it was over a week. She kept sending me pictures of the lifespan of these flowers. They never died. Uh, so don't forget your mom. Don't forget your wife. Don't forget your daughter. Uh, you know, whoever it is that you would like to share love with on Valentine's Day, you got to go to books.com slash blaze today with 25% off with the code blaze. Uh, so obviously the Oscars are trending today. Um, everyone I feel like on social media is talking about the Oscars, but strangely enough, I have not run into anyone who's actually watched the Oscars. <laughs> Did anyone at the table watch it? No. Heck no. I never watched that. I don't understand so how the, how is this is, is trending and nobody watches it. You know, it used to be fun to be able to see your favorite actors or actresses go out there and kind of be in real life. But these days it's become a social justice program. Mm -hmm. And so nobody, it, we avoid it like the plague. I mean, it's a bunch of sock puppets parroting the exact same things over and over again. And at the end of the day, you are the court jester. At what point in time did you start interpreting the shadows on the wall in the cave? It, it, you're not, a, it, take your trophy, go home with it. And we don't care about your your angst, your Weltanschwung, or your worldview. Just leave it at home. We don't care because who? I mean, who's Brad Pitt to tell me how to live my life? You used to like good movies used to used to take on the Oscar, and it was like it was notable. Like, oh yeah, you know that movie, Forrest Gump won, and it was oh, obvious that that yeah. should win. Now it's like you literally can predict it and place bets. Actually, yeah. I'm doing that. Next <laughs> year. Just pick the most woke in each class. Yeah. Who's the most woke actor? Play the most woke lead in the most woke movie, mm -hmm. and that's going to win regardless of the merit. Of the movie. Yeah, Charlie, what's your take on the Oscars? No, I didn't. I didn't watch proudly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the only people who watched was is just Hollywood themselves. Yeah. That's the only people who are interested in who wins the Oscars. It's a marionette show. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Just dance for your owners. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I had more to offer, but I I did. In fact, I did not watch it. And every time my husband was on the phone, sitting next to me, scrolling on Twitter, and he'd go. 
oh, so-and-so won. And I swear I repeated myself three times at least. I said, honey, I really can't stress to you enough how much I don't care, yeah. how little I care about the Oscars. I really don't care. I, think, I, don't want to, I don't even want to know who won. It doesn't matter anymore. I think a, a vast majority of the country is starting to wake up, especially after the Weinstein stuff, of like, wait a minute, these people that we've been glorifying mm -hmm. are actually absolute turds. And it's like, you knew, you, you know the industry that I worked at when I worked yeah. over there, and yes. so many people are like, oh, you work with that A-lister, what was that like? And like, oh, they're such a good, uh, good person, right? And I'm like, ooh, actually, <laughs> if yeah. I could tell you stories, and it's ever, I would say nine out of 10, they're all horrible human beings. Yeah. Nine out of 10. Yeah. 90%. Uh, let's not get Jason started on that. <laughs> Don't the hypocrisy of Hollywood. We'll be here all day. We could make a whole episode out of that. We yeah, really we could. Uh, let's see. There, okay, so over the weekend, the Democrats were out in full force. We had the debate on Friday night. We also had uh, the, what was it, a presidential forum. It was called Our Rights, Our Courts, uh, hosted by the Demand Justice Initiative, the Center for Reproductive Rights, and uh, NARL. NARL. So yeah. you know that it's going to be fun of, uh, you know, full of, you know, lots of pro-life stuff, right? No, not. Uh, so Bernie Sanders, a couple different moments from here. Let's kind of contrast the tale of two Democrats on abortion and what is accepted in the party and what is not. Uh, first, we've got Bernie Sanders, who was asked if there's any room in the Democrat Party in 2020 for a pro-life Democrat. And here's a little bit of what he had to say. Then is there such a thing as a pro-life Democrat in your vision of the party? I think being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat. If you're asking me, if you're asking me, and, and I think I may be wrong on this, I think in the Senate, probably 95% of the Democrats are pro-choice. You have a few who are not uh, in the House, maybe even a higher percentage. So that's kind of what my view is. I think by this time in history, I think when we talk about what a Democrat is, I think being pro-choice is essentially an essential part of that. Charlie, your thoughts? Well, I mean, they're making our argument for us, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary the disregard for human life that Democrats have. And look, the, the, the lobby that he's standing in front of, the Center for Reproductive Rights, NARAL, who's run by this woman, uh, Elise Hogue, mm -hmm. uh, it is so beyond radical what their position is. Um, and, you know, we talked about this on your show, but this is the most important issue when you just every other issue flows downstream from when does life begin and what do you do? To, well, how do you treat those that can't defend themselves? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, if you really dive into it, Bernie Sanders has made population control arguments for abortion. Yes. I mean, he has said that climate change is because we have too many people mm -hmm. and abortion is a good thing as it keeps the population control. This is eugenics. Mm -hmm. It is, P you know, pure and simple. And, you know, anything, anything less than that is just not looking at it accurately. And you have you have I mean, this is a great way to turn off voters in Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio. And I think it's incumbent on our generation to play offense on the abortion issue. Let's not forget the black voters that are out there, because by and large, you have a lot of the black population in America who are faith-based people who are absolutely opposed to that. So when you come out and you say you're pro-choice, we've had this conversation for 50 years. The opposite of pro-life is not choice. It is death. You're pro-death. And last night, we talked about the Oscars. You have Joaquin Phoenix, who's accepting a Best Actor speech, who gets up there, and he's talking about artificially inseminating cows and then stealing the cow babies. You can't say that, Peter. I mean, you know, you can't, but you can't say that about babies. Right. You can't talk about human right. life because there is this difference that we have. And this is an ideological thing that truly, and we've talked about this many, many times. This is when God removes his hands and the grace is gone and the protection is gone from your nation. 
when you don't defend those who are voiceless and are innocent. Mm. Jason, your thoughts? That's an amazing way to how they framed that, is do you think that pro-choice has any place at all in one party? And I love that, kind of like what uh, pro-life. Mm -hmm. I, I love how Charlie voiced that as, you know, they're making our case for us. Right. Mm -hmm. They really are. Yeah. Like, and if you're one of those middle-of-the-road candidates who's like, maybe I might jump on, you know, the Trump train, or I'm not mm -hmm. sure, let's see. I don't know. Like, they're looking for a candidate, anyone at all. Then you're just jumping completely off. Yeah. Like, fine. You know, if, if my views are rat now considered radical for you, then fine. I'll, I'll jump over. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely insane. Some, saying something like that used to be radical for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. Saying so, they, they would be like, oh, you know, I won't say that. Now they don't care. Well, it's just all out in the open. I mean, you look at, just to add to Charlie's point here, you know, you look at Roe versus Wade. That was supposed to be safe, legal, and rare. And that was kind of rare. the threshold that they used. And now they've changed, you know, all the way from that to, no, there's no room for anyone pro-life in the party. On top of that, uh, we had Andrew Yang, who, again, never once in this forum said, uh, you know, I don't think that a woman should have the right to choose. He very adamantly said, I believe a woman should have the right to choose at any point in her pregnancy. I just don't think it's something to be celebrated. Uh, let's listen to what Andrew Yang had to say and how he was criticized for it later. Watch. I think we have to get back to the point where no one is suggesting that we be celebrating an abortion at any point um, in the pregnancy. That there was a time in democratic circles where we used to talk about it being something that like you don't like to see, but that should be within the freedoms of, of the woman and the mother to decide. And so to me, I think there is a really important tone to set on this, where you don't just say, like, we're absolutist about it. Though I have to say, I am relatively absolutist on this. Like, I think that it should be completely up to the woman and her doctor, and the state should not be intervening all the way uh, through pregnancy. But it's a tragedy to me if someone decides that they don't want to have a, a, a child and they're on the fence and that maybe at some point later, I mean, it's a very, very difficult personal decision. Um, and it should be something that we're very, very sensitive to. I think that celebrating children, family, like these are universal human values. And if we manage to lead on that and then say, but we also stand for women's reproductive rights, I believe we can bring Americans closer together on a really, really important personal issue. Look, Andrew Yang gets a little bit of a hall pass for me because he is running a single issue campaign of you know giving people free money. UBI, yeah. I, I kind of like the guy. I mean, he's hard, He's not a he's not a power hungry politician. I think that's perfectly fair. His son didn't sit on a corrupt board in Ukraine. And he didn't sign us. He sell us out to the Chinese. And he didn't honeymoon in the Soviet Union. So um, you know, exactly. He's never so, claimed to be a Native American. No, so, so these are all very low bars, though. But, Charlie. No, but, but look, I, I could do I could do an hour on that whole stream of consciousness. Yeah, but. Any any honest member of the press that wasn't part of the pro-abortion lobby, and I want to make a point on that in a second, because their money stream is based on people's overly inflated abortion costs. Mm. Uh, that, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But it's no different than any other lobby. You know, no different than any other lobby. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Today, three thousand children will be executed. Three thousand every single day, and that's an unbelievable number. It's a million a year, more or less. Three thousand today. Three thousand yesterday. Three thousand tomorrow. It's an incomprehensible number. Um, but going to Andrew Yang, he says, well, I think it not have a child. Pause, time out. Wait, so it's a child? Right, a fetus. right. You're already right. admitting, again, you, you have no, the, the, I would love to be able to get booed out, off stage at that place and just ask a very simple question is, when does life begin? Mm -hmm. You guys cannot answer that question. Then, there, and again, it's, you, it, you don't have, it's not your rights if it's not your DNA. Right. 
I mean, it doesn't matter how early form that DNA is, but if it's not your DNA, it's not your body. Yeah. It's, you just happen to be hosting it. Yeah. Uh, Chad, I want to get your your thoughts as well as Jason's. Let me just throw in a couple of these, uh, the reactions from Andrew Yang daring to say, maybe we shouldn't be shouting our abortions. Maybe we should treat it with, you know, the seriousness that it's due. Uh, here's one. It's time for Andrew Yang to drop out. This take on abortion is completely disqualifying. Using this type of language is part of the forced birth movement, <laughs> which I didn't realize saying I believe in abortion at any point in the pregnancy. Let's just not celebrate it, guys, is part of the, quote, forced birth movement. Uh, let's see. Jeff Yang, I don't believe any relation to Andrew, tweeted, oof, Andrew, no. How about we have to get back to the point where nobody is questioning the rights of women over their own bodies, empowering women, ensuring their health and safety. These are universal human values. Uh, and then one last one, Matthew Chapman. Cool. So in summary, Yang is fine with safe and legal abortions as long as women feel judged and ashamed while getting them. Glad we've cleared that up. I mean, how backwards is this that now empowering women is killing their own children and going and touching their own genitals on stage at the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, to, to Charlie's point, you know, as soon as that male egg fertilizes that female, or I'm sorry, the male sperm mm -hmm. fertilizes the female egg, you have a DNA imprint. That blueprint is set for life. That is who you are as an individual for the rest of your life. Fearfully, wonderfully made if you want to get spiritual and scriptural about the thing. But at the end of the day, they're using this as a form of birth control. This is not about the woman's body. And by the way, you don't have the right to go out there and do anything you want to do with your body. If you just take a hatchet and chop your hand off, they're going to put you in an asylum somewhere because you're not right in the head. So she's not doing anything with her own body. This is about that unborn child who has its own blueprint for life. And so to sit there and say, well, you're against women. Look, 97% of these abortions are done for a matter of convenience. It's absolutely ridiculous. The statistics and biology just don't match up with the logic. Yeah. Jason, it seems like uh, Bernie's point was just kind of proven there. Not only is there room, there not room for pro-life Democrats, there's not room for pro-choice Democrats who even have a problem with, you know, the serious level. Exactly. Right there. Um, what I, I find a couple of things amazing in that right there. One, first of all, the backlash is mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't want to have this thrown in their face that they know it's morally wrong. They know it's morally wrong, but they're arguing for it anyway. And you could see that on stage. That's basically what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, it's morally wrong for us to be doing this. Oh, but I but I am fully on board with doing it. Yeah. But it's morally wrong. That's a great point. Are you kidding me now? Yeah. But he's throwing that in the face. Something that should be is very obvious to them. They know this, and I think one day they'll have to answer for all of this. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what do you say, a million a year or something like that? Yeah, it's been well over sixty-three million since Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Half Absolutely. of which are women, by the way. Yeah, right. And here's the here's there's a lot of conversation in the country over oh do we, you know immigrants for this? We wouldn't need immigrants if we weren't executing our own kids. So yeah. basically, the whole argument of the pro-choice lobby, the pro-abortion lobby, is we're fine with the rest of the world having children, and then we'll bring them into our country, but we want the convenience to be able to slaughter our own. That's basically the entire abortion argument. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's okay if the rest of the world has the kids, but we'll bring, in the, we'll bring them in and then turn them into voters that we want. Yeah, and God forbid they get in cages or whatever. I mean, that, that logic is so bad. But you could, you, you, I'm with you. I kind of like Andrew Yang, but you could see him walking out on that plank mentally, and you could yeah. see the wheels turning. He's somewhat he innocent. Like, he hasn't done a lot of thinking yeah. about these issues. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm... Give him somewhat of a hall pass. I mean, yeah. it's, he's not he's not an ideologue. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Pete Buttigieg calls to decriminalize all drug possession. We've got a lot to get into when we return. Thank you.
<laughs> yeah. I read that and thought, man, she's going to be all for that. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into Pete Buttigieg and uh, decriminalizing all drug possession, uh, we would like to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. So obviously the point of the Second Amendment is to fight governmental tyranny. And that's basically, if you guys haven't heard, we've covered it on the show extensively, that's what's being proposed in Virginia. Uh, they are essentially stripping you of due process and they would allow localities to ban outdoor gun ranges by changing the zoning. So they're trying to take away your Second Amendment rights. Uh, they're trying to prevent you from safely practicing uh, with your firearm. That is why a product like iTarget is so crucial right now in this country. Using their proprietary app and laser bullet, iTarget Pro will allow you to safely practice training with your actual firearm. This is your firearm in the convenience and privacy of your own home. And by the way, that doesn't mean you're like shooting holes in your couches and your walls, okay? It's a laser bullet, so you're not actually, you're not firing the bullet everywhere. Uh, it comes in all the major calibers, including 223 and 556. This means less driving to the range, less ammo, also, less government bureaucrats, which you guys can all be happy about. You can get 10% off right now, plus free shipping with offer code NEWS. Look, we still have to fight for our rights, but get iTarget because you know they're going to try to ban that too. I'm sure Governor Blackface Northam is like putting up the proposal right now to ban iTarget. Okay, so you got to go to iTargetPro.com. Use offer code NEWS to get 10% uh, off plus free shipping. iTargetPro.com, promo code NEWS. Uh, so Pete Buttigieg... <clears throat> was speaking to Chris Wallace at uh, Fox News over the weekend, and he was talking to him about his policy on drugs. Uh, you know, he did call, I believe, on his website. Part of his platform is to decriminalize uh, possession of all drugs. He kind of tried to walk that back a little bit, uh, you know, add some nuance into the conversation. I don't know that that's really what he meant. I think he's just kind of playing politics. But uh, let's listen to what Pete Buttigieg had to say. Well, I think the main thing we need to focus on is where you have distribution and, and uh, uh, the, the kind of harm that's done there. Where, yeah, of course, it's important that it remain illegal, but but you, uh, what for, would, you would decriminalize it, so it wouldn't be illegal. Possession should right. not be dealt with through incarceration. And, and but you're, you would say that possession of heroin is not illegal. Is not going to be dealt with through incarceration. But your 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 website says decriminalize. It would yes. not be illegal. Yes, or it could be a misdemeanor. The, the point is not the legal niceties. The point is that we have learned through 40 years of a failed war on drugs that criminalizing addiction doesn't work. Chad, what are your thoughts here? I... You mixed? He, well, no, no, okay. no. Look, I, you look like you're struggling a little bit. The, well, I want to say things, <laughs> and you know how I fight back the jokes and the things. That, but he says nothing. Buttigieg, when he starts talking, he says nothing. He is groomed to say nothing. And so anything that comes out of his mouth, he's a pander bear at the end of the day. That's all he is, and he says nothing. You can't take. He, he'll change that again by tomorrow. Mm. It's nonsense. And I, yeah, I'm not, I don't even want to get into the legalization or decriminalization of drugs. That's nonsense. Well, I mean, I do I do kind of want to get into it a little bit to the extent that I feel like there is a growing trend within the Democrat Party of just completely doing away with laws in general, right? We're not going to criminalize crossing the border. Now we're talking about not criminalizing uh, drug possession, including heroin and meth. I mean, I, I feel like it it really is important to look at this and mm -hmm. say, what what laws are we supposed to be abiding by? Well, then, of course, they want to tell you what you can, you know, what you can drink, 
where right. your kid goes to school and right. they want to take your guns away. And that, that they want a selective amount of fascism that can be enforced <laughs> by, you know, their group of elites. Yeah. Uh, but look, I mean, this is an issue personally where I used to be a lot more libertarian yeah. and I'm less and less convinced that the legalization of drugs is good for our country. Right. I mean, I guess I was somewhat open-minded when I was young where I was like, oh, yeah, everyone's doing drugs anyway. Wouldn't it be great if we taxed it? California's a hellhole. Exactly. And Colorado's a hellhole now. Yeah. I mean, Colorado is a disaster. You go to Denver, that city, you cannot walk around that city. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. And you look at kids. So, so first of all, all the, the and I have a lot of respect for the libertarian philosophy. Mm-hmm. Less and less convinced if you implement this into ideas, it actually does anything positive for the country. They say, oh, well, it won't increase usage. That's not true. More people are using marijuana than ever before in Colorado. Oh, you, kids, kids won't get their hands on it in the black market. That's not true. You got eight, nine year olds doing edibles mm-hmm. in Colorado at an alarming rate. Like, oh, it's actually not that bad for you. No, that's not true either. The stuff they're lacing it with is worse than ever before. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just this whole idea of it, it is indulgence movement by the left and the people on the right that are like, oh, yeah, we get lots of tax revenue out of it. No, it makes our country lazy yeah. and it, it makes us less competitive. And I, I think at some point we have to ask ourselves, how much territory are we going to give up to the left until we don't have a country anymore? Yeah, I tend to agree with Charlie here. And I was I, I was like, I used to be Charlie. like libertarian, like, yeah, it could all work great. Too. You know, right. let's right. tax it. Right. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't affect. No, me. it does. You know, go ahead. <laughs> right. But it I mean, it very, very clearly. Well, let's just legalize fentanyl. I mean, while we're at it, you know. No, but right. even if it's weed, be it's just, in the street. Right. I can't get a rental car in Colorado, California without it smelling like weed. Every hotel mm-hmm. smells like weed. The people yeah. that are working are lazier and more and more inept than other and than ever. And, and and I just I don't think that makes us a competitive country. Well, I mean, and you look at San Francisco, there's needles all over the streets now, you know, because people are allowed to just go and shoot up and go on their merry way. I mean, I'm 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 becoming more libertarian the older I get. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're a secret drug user is what you're trying to tell. No, us. that's what's weird is the whole drugs and prostitutes things hard to get over for me to fully jump on board yeah. um, and the open borders thing. Um, <laughs> there's a few things. Uh, so just a weird libertarian. Little... I'm a libertarian. <laughs> Guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am, and I'm a like hawk for po- foreign policy, right. so that doesn't fit with them either. Yeah. Um, no, but I don't think so. There's, there's, a, I think there's a difference between you know some things that grow, you know, like marijuana, mushrooms, things like that. If they're very, ba- if they're bad for me, you know, it, that's on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to do those things, that's on me. I don't say the government should say, hey, you 18 year old, you can't smoke cigarettes because that's absolutely ridiculous because they can also go to war. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, it's 21. I mean, yeah, no, it's it, that in. but it used to be 18. So, like, what the hell? You know, like, how, when did, when does that it's stop? Here. Whenever oh, I know, I know, I'm just thinking, processing. Whenever you, uh, <laughs> whenever you, in my opinion, when you open that door to yeah. where the government can tell you what is, you know, if if I want to destroy my life, then that is my freedom to do so. You know what I'm saying? Now you do step over. There are certain boundaries when, you know, you have things like fentanyl, or you have things like heroin, or you have yeah. these things that are processed, which. That's just, I'm just not willing to make that leap as far as I guess that's where my libertarianism over kind of the weekend over, over the weekend there was a headline that came out about a woman in Florida who was busted for having an eight ball of meth delivered to the school she was a third grade teacher mm-hmm. and for a pickup like and we hear that we're flabbergasted and we're like what how crazy is that but when we talk about decriminalizing we're saying yeah that's okay but I mean I I I philosophically want to agree with, oh, yeah, it's my body. I can put whatever I want into it. That'd be great if we had a libertarian social safety net. We have a social social safety net. Mm. So you have people that do marijuana that can go on public assistance, and then they're my tax burden. That's what's happening in Colorado. There's more people than ever that are on the public dole. And, and the, the second part of this, we've had a war on smoking in this country, and we've won. Like, the more we criminalize tobacco, 
the better our country has become. Europe has failed. Their smoking rates did not go down at all. So this whole idea that, oh, we can't tell people to put in their bodies. And we did that with tobacco. Mm. Heart disease went down. Cancer went down. Lung cancer went down. France, Spain, Portugal, Greece, Italy. They, don't, they cannot figure out their smoking dilemma. The youth are still smoking in high rates. We won but because that, of government. But, that, but, that, uh, but I would say, but that's not government's job. You know, but, it, that's, but it worked. That's your, but Is the country better because of smoking bans? But you can be authoritarian and fix a lot of problems. For example, like a restaurant. Are you, are you okay with not being able to smoke in a restaurant? Um, you know, yeah, I enjoy it now. Okay, that's a law. <laughs> that's government. Government socially engineered that. Our country's better because but of it. But private industry could have done that as well. They did, but it didn't work because it was secondhand smoke and I didn't want to go there. It was a public health crisis. That's the but, point. With marijuana, is everything smells like marijuana now. But if we're... But if let, we're let me... I, I'm sorry. We got to take a break real quick. Let me cut you off. We'll be back. Hey, I was going to say something contrary. <laughs> I... I before we go into overtime, Chad, take Let me away. tell you something. I love being around Charlie Kirk because I can hear the hum of his brain. And I kind of feel smart just being around him from the effervescent presence. Actually, I just feel really stupid when I'm around him because he's way smarter than everyone else. His new book, The MAGA Doctrine, is so good. And you have people out there, if you're on social media and you're getting an argument or you're having a debate with people, I'm telling you, this is the book you got to read that is common sense, down-to-earth, smart stuff, and you're going to love it. Get this book right here. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. You know, we talked about Buttigieg, we talked about Sanders. Uh, we did not yet get to Joe Biden, who struggled over the weekend with gun terminology as he attempted to articulate his position on gun control and, of course, mocked the idea that anyone, no one can actually use their firearms to, like, defend themselves from the government. That's not a thing that can happen. Here's a little bit of uh, what Joe Biden said over the weekend. Because we're unwilling to have a rational policy <laughs> says you cannot have 20, 30, 40, 50 clips in a weapon. Those who say the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots, a great line. Well, Thank guess you. what? Yeah. The fact is, if you're going to take the on the government, you gosh. need an F-15 with Hellfire missiles. There's no way an AK-47 is going to take care of you if, the, if you're going to take on, you're worried about the government coming down, knocking down your door. And so it's bizarre. We never said you, you could own any weapon at all from the beginning. What? You can't own a machine gun. You can't own a bazooka. You can't own an M1 tank. You you no matter how much money you have, you can limit the kind of weapons that are able to be owned. And so I think, and by the way, I've, all the work I've done on this, including in our administration, I, I now have over 58% of the NRA members acknowledging you can't own an assault weapon. There's no need for it. You can't have, you can't have a magazine that has more than 10, 10 rounds in it. Um, is Joe Biden okay? Because he doesn't seem mm. to be living in the same uh, country, place, world, universe that I believe that we are living in. Live free or die is the, is the <laughs> no, that's, the, that's yeah. the slogan of New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that this is going to go over well with uh, voters to tell them that they don't have the right, which seems to be in direct contradiction with this thing I remember reading called like, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. <laughs> I, lo- I always love it when they all, you know, we always kind of counter with them when they t- start talking about assault weapons. And we're like, can you define that? And they're like, oh, there it is. There's that meme again. Well, who was but it? No, was it Bloomberg he, who said the one that goes, 
<laughs> right. Does that right. Uh, probably. And, but <laughs> in this, it, the one that goes like this. He goes pew, 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 and then the setting of pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but in, in that, so he's uh, trying to define, he's talking about assault weapons, but mm -hmm. then he says 30, 40 clips in yeah. a, in a in And that's a not the first time, by the way, he's referred to them as clips. 50 clips Clips in, in the magazine. Mm -hmm. and that's not the first time he's referred to them. How can you that? fit 50 of them all yeah. in one, I don't know, interesting. Um, oh gosh, where to start? It's uh, like a cobweb. Like it's like it's like someone just kind of walking through the dark, and just there's a word salad that's pouring out. <laughs> just whatever sounds good that you can say in gun terminology. It doesn't matter if they fit together to form logical sentences or even have anything to do with reality. Yeah. That doesn't matter. If I just throw out a percentage, if I say NRA, if I say assault, if I say clips, if I say magazine, if I say bullets, if I say machine gun, AR, if I say tanks, all this stuff, people, you got the bobbleheads out there, and then they're gonna clap, even though nothing he said makes sense or has any basis in truth. They, so, al they always talk about that, how ridiculous it is that, you know, that we would, this, that our guns would be to stand up against an oppressive government, even though that's exactly what it was what written it was, as, right, exactly what it's for. And I fought against a lot of those when, during my time in the Marine Corps. I fought against those same exact people, but you can go all the way back to the Revolutionary War. That was the exact same, that was the same thing as me defending myself against a current modern military. They were going up against the most powerful, only empire ever, global empire. It was the same exact thing. It was people with pitchforks basically trying to defend themselves. They go to Vietnam, go to Afghanistan. This has happened multiple times throughout history. I don't know why it can't get through their head. Well, well look, when, when only one side has the guns, they, they dictate all the terms of mm -hmm. what liberty and freedom you have. I mean, and Joe Biden, we don't need to even look back a couple hundred years. It's helpful to do it philosophically. But right now, if, Hong, if the people of Hong Kong had AR-15s, it'd be a negotiation, not a protest. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Because look, rational people actually try to stay away from conflict. Conflict usually, and, I mean, especially in, in hopefully, God willing, post the catastrophe of the 20th century where the despot and dictators that rose up throughout the different theaters. But when both sides are usually similarly armed, mm -hmm. then you usually get into dip diplomatic negotiations. Now in Hong Kong, it's a hostage, it's a hostage situation. You have the communist Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party that's basically taking the island of Hong Kong hostage. They, they, they are going to get whatever they want eventually mm -hmm. because the CCP has guns and the people of Hong Kong don't. Mm -hmm. Now, if every Hong Kong freedom fighter had an AR-15, all of a sudden the CCP would pause. They'd say, wait, what do they want without a, without, without a, without a bullet ever having to be shot? Now, I'm not calling for armed rebellion, right. but I am calling for free people to be able to defend themselves against a usurptatious government. And this whole kind of revisionist history that some of the last hundred years we've never seen governments go wild. Mm. I mean, point to a continent, any continent, I can tell you a story. How about Pol Pot, Stalin, Mao Zedong? Every time that you give up your guns, you allow these dictators to do whatever they want and unfortunately ends in murder so a lot of times. You mentioned New Hampshire's uh, motto is live it's free or die. It's something of that variation, yeah. It's, so, oh, that's it. Live free it or is, die. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, th so this is, I mean, this is not going to resonate with New Hampshire voters then is what well, you're Maybe saying. for like the Boston... <laughs> I mean, people that have moved to New Hampshire that are socialists. Right. That, there's a lot of people in New Hampshire, by the way, that have left Massachusetts. It's like 20 minutes across the border. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, no taxes. That's nice. Let's screw this place up. <laughs> no, because no, New Hampshire is no income tax. Yeah. And so they go there and they leave the 29% income tax rate, whatever it is. Well, that's in why we have this happening from California oh, yeah, to Texas. You know, yeah, so it will go, it'll go over well with you know, Harvard professors that are now in, living in New Hampshire. But no, it's not going to go well. Bernie Sanders used to be a pro-gun socialist yeah. from Vermont. He had an A rating from the NRA. All right. He did. Oh, and let me just say, that's he incredible. is still a pro-gun socialist as long as he's the one in possession well, of the guns. Well, that's correct. That's the deal. But he doesn't want you to have them. That's right. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so, talking about New Hampshire, let's kind of go over really quickly the uh, the Iowa, the final official Iowa Democrat delegate count. Say that three times fast. Uh, finally came out 
And Pete Buttigieg just barely edged out uh, Bernie Sanders, and he gained a two-delegate lead. This is, of course, going into New Hampshire. I don't know that Buttigieg gets the boost that primarily people would get when they didn't have some sort of debacle on their hands and it took an entire week for the results to come out. Um, But uh, Bernie Sanders looks to be in good shape. I want to get your thoughts, though, on what happens with Joe Biden if he places, you know, fourth, maybe even fifth. It's looking like there's a possibility that he could place. Is he done? Is the guy that we just talked about three months that everyone said was the front runner? Listen, Jack, you're a lion dog faced (laughs) pony soldier. And I'll challenge you to push-ups. We'll run around this building right now. You understand? Listen to me, fat. He's done. Bernie's done. I mean, not Bernie, but, but Joe's done. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, you know, you're a lion. You've never been to a caucus. You're lion dog-faced pony soldier. That's which, in case you missed it over the weekend, he Joe Biden did say that to, to a, a supporter, to a voter. That's what he always says he it to can, his can, Democrat he, voters. He can't help but insult Democrats. No, <laughs> like don't vote for me. Yeah. Next Go question. Go vote for someone else. Yeah. Don't vote for somebody. You know else. what? Me and Corn Pop, we're gonna hit our razors on the curb. The way, we're gonna put them in a that, rain barrel. That is one of the greatest videos of all time, Isn't the Corn Pop. And then I came out of the out of the pool and I said, I'm gonna fight you, Corn Pop. And it's like it's just it's just this dialogue and six foot length of chain, I wrap it around my no, arm. Is that that's right. I'm sorry I called you Esther Williams, but <laughs> and he wanted to fight, and we knew back then that if, if it meant business, because his name is Corn Pop. And, and, and all of a sudden, there's these kids looking around, you know, like he's doing this weird <laughs> press conference in part of a in front of a pool, and yeah. and no one ever unearthed this clip. It was just Joe Biden going on this five and a half minute diatribe about Corn Pop. Well, and don't forget the the uh, the kids would like to touch his leg hair too. Yeah, oh, gosh. rub it down, it pops back up. I, I, oh. I think that. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting because I, I said from the get-go that I didn't think that he could I didn't think he could screw this up. Yeah. I thought he could literally go to sleep Jason on said the podium. He, he could just he stand this. there and do nothing I, and he'll still take it. I did because of the because of who he's running against, all these radicals. Yeah. I mean, people like again, I keep harping on the people in middle America, you know, the, the could, people that could go either way. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna vote for a socialist. And that's like pretty much every single candidate on this debate stage right now. So now they're searching for a moderate. I think that says a lot for the strength of of their candidates when you've got Mayor What's-His-Name that no one had even heard of before, Mm -hmm. and now he's, like, leading in the delegate count. I mean, they're in some serious trouble. If that's all that they can come up with, and Biden was, I guess, just the... I guess he was just too damaged. I'm starting to think that maybe... This Hunter Biden stuff did finally maybe See, push it over. See, do you think that's it? Or uh, because I mean, obviously, for people who are who pay attention, right? Everyone at this table has looked at the evidence, has looked at you know what Blaze TV has done, what Glenn has done, what Jason has researched, and also what Rudy Giuliani has brought forth, and said, okay, obviously there is something there. But do you think that the average person is really taking that into consideration, or are they just watching him and going? This guy, there's something wrong with this guy. I think he needs to go home and rest. Well, I think it's pretty dang obvious that even if you, even if some of the things are a little bit too far out there, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not willing to go there, but there's at least an appearance of corruption. If there wasn't hardcore, straight-up corruption, which I believe there was, there's just the appearance of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think your average typical voter that's a moderate it, is he does. They don't condone that. And it's been so in your face. I do think it has impacted this a little bit. I'm just, I'm just, I'm very surprised that. Look, he is a known commodity. They know exactly what they're getting with him. I just assumed that that was going to help him ride into victory. Yeah. But 
Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wrote a piece back in May saying Joe Biden is going to, I actually thought he would be dropped out before this. So he's wow. actually lasted a lot longer than I thought. And the reason is, I mean, the spirit and the energy of the Democrat Party is around complete and total mm -hmm. diabolical destruction of our country right now. And Joe Biden's talking about soul renewal or something. I, he's trying to pick up the Marion <laughs> Williamson votes or something. Yeah, no, seriously. Well, and, and, the side, right the side of his that. bus says the soul of our country. It's like yeah. weird. It's Has very, it really? No, seriously, the side of his bus, which actually uh, ran out of gas or broke down at the side of a street in New Hampshire. Uh, oh. You know, it's just the perfect just picture of his campaign. It does say yeah, fight for, a, for the no, soul it does. of America. It, it says it on the side of it. It's like, we need to renew the fight for the soul of our country. And he always says, we can feel it in our bones. Like, I don't know if you're feeling stuff in your bones. <laughs> God, I got a joke that I won't say. Yeah, we know you do, Chad. Mayor Pete the Cheat. Okay. We know you do. Yeah. Uh, before we go, want to get your quick thoughts, gentlemen, on uh, coronavirus. Of course, there was a Chinese ambassador during an interview with CBS news. Uh, he Now, the headline is he does not outright deny uh, Senator Tom Cotton's claim that the coronavirus accidentally originated from China's biological weapons program. Uh, let's hear what he had to say and uh, get your quick thoughts on that watch. And in fact, this week, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, who sits on the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committee, suggested that the virus may have come from China's biological warfare program. That's an extraordinary charge. How do you respond to that? I think it's true that a lot is still unknown. And our scientists, Chinese scientists, American scientists, scientists of other countries are doing their best to learn more about the virus. But it's very harmful, it's very dangerous to stir up suspicion, rumors, and spread them among the people. You think it's crazy? Where did the virus Absolutely come from? Absolutely crazy. Where did the virus come from? We still don't know yet. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of the Chinese Communist Party. I want to make a distinction before I go into my little rant here. Difference between the Chinese people and the history of China and this evil authoritarian... Yes government that is right. the Chinese Communist Party and that apparatchik is part of it. And they are lying to the world. Mm -hmm. It is far worse in China than they'll ever lead us to believe. I mean, this, this entire, I, I mean, the leadership of the CCP, they are inhumane, they're immoral, and they're evil. They have a million plus Uyghur, I can never pronounce it, Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps in China. Yeah. They have, it just came out, the Equifax breach in 2017 was, was a China. paramilitary operation. Yeah. They're on college campuses across the country in these things called Confucius Institutes with server rooms hacking into our data. They routinely put cyber attacks throughout entire country, not to mention they dump products to destroy our cabinet industry, our steel industry, our solar industry, our auto industry, our camera industry. They're an enemy of the United States. They cannot be trusted. It's probably far worse than anything they're telling us. How many times have you ever ridden down the street and you see those uh, billboards for the yin sun, whatever, the dancers that are jumping all over? You've seen them. I've whether seen you know those, They're sure. everywhere. Yeah. Chinese spies. I promise you they're Chinese <laughs> spies. Dude, they're sending them in the country. They're in every freaking city, Sarah. <laughs> Why? Okay, all Sarah, right. I didn't say anything. I'm just a man with the coronavirus standing in front of a woman with Lyme disease. <laughs> saying, why can't our Corona and Lyme get together? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. That was a dad joke. That was it a dad was. joke. That was a dad joke. Yin Sun, Sun Yin. I don't know what it is, but watch. They're Chinese. I, no, spies. I know what you're talking my about. My agent in L.A., he's a gay Cubano in Hollywood. He's convinced they're spies. <laughs> 
telling you. Good qualifier, Chad. Telling you. Uh, Jason, when this first came out, we talked about how we were like, ah, you know, they have that biological research facility that they just started, what, a couple years ago? Specifically to work on coronavirus <laughs> and I think Ebola as well. Right. Probably yeah. not a coincidence. Now this this guy makes these remarks. Kind of lends well, to uh, our theory here. It's interesting, his reaction there, because he should be a better diplomat than that. So I'm surprised he just didn't outright deny it to, you know, to come out to come out with a start from this. But I think that they really do not know. Mm -hmm. And they tried their damnedest to say, hey, it's coming from this little seafood market. And then their own researchers, their, yeah. a lot of their medical doctors, <laughs> they, I think it was a, a journal called the Lancet Journal, yes. which is a medical uh, journal. And they were like, um, there's the very first case, so patient, patient zero, zero didn't even go anywhere near there. Mm -mm. So they, think about that. And then you think about, I was reading another article today, that there are these like super spreaders, I think is what they're calling, those, the virus spreaders. That sounds, is that a professional? I was waiting for a show medical term. <laughs> I got a joke there, but I'm not, I, I ain't God. touching it. There we go. All right, look, if you look at the back of the Lysol or the Clorox little wipes thing, Every single one, I don't care how old it is, reach on your cabinet, read it, as will say, kills coronavirus. the coronavirus. It's there. It's been there since the 60s. That stuff is there. What they're dealing with is not this common cold coronavirus mm -hmm. that we... This is some mutation we, of this it. This is a different deal. Mm -hmm. Well, the, those... those I don't even want to say the, t the term again, but the super spreaders, these, so the incubation period is about five to 14 days or something like yeah. that. And some of these people that have it, they don't know, they have different symptoms like or stomach pains or whatever. And so they'll put them in another part of the hospital. And this just happened, I think, last week. Uh, like 14, 15 people got infected in the wrong wing of this, uh, this hospital. Like, that's just one case. Mm -hmm. They don't know how many of the rest of the cases are like that. So I... I know it's scary to think, but I mean, you're probably, I mean, it's at least, I, if they're giving us a number of what, 100,000 or whatever it is right now, it's easily probably twice that, if yeah. not worse. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or more. I mean, you got yeah. 200 of them that are infected on a, on a Japanese cruise ship, Princess Cruise Ship right yeah. now. They won't even let people off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Buttigieg was New Hampshire. Whole new meaning to super spreader. But anyway, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Anyway, Friday's poll was who came out of the impeachment failure looking the worst. Nancy Pelosi won that one. Uh, I don't know if you call it winning, but she got 80% of the vote. Nancy Pelosi, apparently, according to you guys out on Twitter, came out of the impeachment failure looking the worst, followed by Mitt Romney at 12.3%, Joe Biden at 56 and President Trump at 2.2%. Who are you people who are voting for President Trump looking the worst? In the impeachment failure. I pray for your president every day. I pray for him. <laughs> Do you, I Nancy? Love, I love America. <laughs> and I pray for I'm a good Catholic. So don't call me nasty. I mean, I'm praying for you. By the way, Chad uh, has Don't Be a Nancy shirts available. <laughs> don't be a Nancy. You can get them at watchchad.com. Watchchad.com. They're great. You got to go check them out. Uh, today's poll, what would be the hardest to sit through and watch start to end? You ready? What would be the hardest to sit through and watch start to end? The Oscars? A Democratic debate, more impeachment hearings, or AOC explaining economics. Oh, that's <laughs> the tough. last one. AOC explaining yes. economics. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. <laughs> Good old Milton Keynes. Yeah, I, I was reading about this. She has a degree, by the way. She has an actual <laughs> yeah. economics degree. Yeah. It's and incredible. I mean, what does that say about being you? What does it tell you about higher education in general? In general, in general yeah. it miseducates you. No kidding. Uh, all right, so we're, I think we're all in agreement that uh, AOC explaining economics would be the hardest to sit through and watch start to end. I don't even think you could pay me to do it. Uh, let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at The Blaze. And don't forget, pick up Charlie Kirk's new book, The MAGA Doctrine. you got to get it, just like Chad said. 
I mean, you need to have your argument. It's and Charlie every Kirk argument is, you need. Charlie Kirk is the best one to give you these arguments because he is so effective at them. So go pick it up uh, wherever you get your books. Gentlemen, thank you for being thank here, you. especially you, Charlie. Thank it's you. always a, a pleasure great. when you're on. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I mean, you guys are fine. Ah, fine. Uh, fine. Out. Well, you know. done. All the time. Glenn so. Beck. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.